Well, it's good to see your face in the place on the first Sunday in 2022. Didn't sound like y'all was too happy to be here. Now, I know everybody in this room is old enough to remember 1999. We ain't even supposed to be here. The world is supposed to blow it up. And here we are, 22 years later. <laughs> To worship the Lord and to praise his name. Amen. Praise God. It's so good to see you today in the house of the Lord on this first Sunday in this 2022. And as Michaela said, it's a law of first things. And we give the Lord the first and it's likened unto him giving the whole. Right? I believe I've said it enough until you understand it. But it's the death, burial, and resurrection. We would be put into white suits and carried away if we was to go out and lay in a, a grave somewhere for three days, but he gave us water baptism. It's likened to the death, the spiritual death, the resurrection of his power so that we can be likened to Jesus. It is likened to when we give him the first of our year. And so as uh, Michaela eloquent told you all ago, uh, just pray. Many times we give it out where that we can just corporately give it. And I know some people say, well, you ain't going to tell me when. I, if you got that attitude, I can't tell you nothing. But the reality of it is it isn't about trying to make somebody do something. It's just to give a format to where we can all do it corporately because there is a blessing in corporate things. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you. We've been doing this for some 13, 14 years in this house. And and so I just want to encourage you to, uh, to pray this week, seek the Lord, commit yourself to a time of prayer and fasting, whatever that may be, whatever that may look like. If that's a total fast, if that's eating one meal a day, if that's giving up certain foods or whatever you commit to, uh, I encourage you to do that. And uh, I assure you that if you will make that commitment and follow through with it, that there will be a blessing connected to it. Amen. And so I uh, just want to encourage you in that on today and uh, just continue to bless the Lord uh, with our first fruits. Uh, looking forward to the kids getting to go to uh, Shabbat this year. And uh, I know that uh, there are some that have already contributed in that way. But if you would like to uh, help, maybe uh, some families have two or three going. And uh, if you want to just sponsor a kid going or maybe they don't have the money to go, you can see Pastor Jordan or you can give online and just tag it as that. And we'll be sure to get them uh, that so that all everyone that can go, I promise you this, everyone that wants to go can go. I will promise you that. Amen. All right. Today I want to set the atmosphere in this new year and the Lord spoke to my heart a few weeks ago. And I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, your future is worth fighting for. Your future is worth fighting for. <clears throat> Since the beginning of time, there has been an enemy that is against the plan of God, not only corporately, but individually. God created man to live forever. We were to never know sickness, infirmity, sickness, disease, or separation from God, right? Man was created to live forever. 
It wasn't until sin entered into the world that separated us from God that man would know sickness or even taste of death. And so God has always had a plan. It did not take God by surprise whenever man fell in the garden. It did not take him by surprise whenever a man went the direction that, that we have gone. But the Bible says that from the foundations of the world, he had already slayed the lamb. The lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. In other words, in God's mind, in his plan, Jesus was already hanging on the cross. That victory was already provided for you and for me before the foundations of the world. And so when God's people were in Egypt's bondage, God would send Moses into the world. He has always had a man. He has always had a deliverer. And whenever you look at Moses, he is a shadow and a type in the Old Testament of what Jesus will be in the New Testament. It is a Pharaoh that knew something was up and he knew that there was a promise of deliverer coming and as he began to make this demand, he didn't know where it was, he didn't know who it was, he just knew there was a promise over God's people that a deliverer was coming, right? And so he says, the only thing I know to do is begin to put a demand on the uh, maid uh, servants and tell them, the midwives, to, to kill all of the children uh, male children said if you see uh, one of these that are ready to have a child and you see them getting ready to give birth he said whenever you see that as a man child you're to kill that child the women children the female ladies children can be saved but the males have to die we know this story out of exodus chapter 2 and how that, uh, well, the, the first mandate would be in uh, Exodus 1 is, is Pharaoh gives these uh, mandates to the midwives and tells them to kill them all. And we see that they said, we fear God too much for that. And so they would tell him that, that these people before they had their children, they would go off and we wouldn't know anything about it. And so then he puts out another demand and says that they must be put into the river and they must die there. And we see that if you, uh, because he understood if you kill the seed, then you kill the future. If you kill the seed, you take away other generations. In other words, that I can take care of it. You see, that's what's going on in our world today. They know that if they can't get to us, they're not fooling with people that are committed. They're not fooling with people that are anchored in the word of God and are settled. Where they're at is after your grandchildren. Where thereafter is your children to, to pollute their minds and to cause them to not believe because if you're going to ever unsettle a thing, you've got to get to the root of a thing. And, and, and whenever it comes to Christendom, it is, it is the foundation in which is under an attack today. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the reality of it is if we can get the children, then we can change the future generations. And so Pharaoh says that we've got to get to this and you've got to destroy the children that are being born. Moses is born in chapter 2 and he is 
um, his mother is, has, gives birth to him and now she gets the bulrushes together and she puts him into the river and Pharaoh's daughter's down there taking a bath. Right? You with me? Pharaoh's daughter's down there taking a bath and her servants are walking across the, by the river and she sees this bulrush over there and she tells them to go get the bulrush, brings it over to her and she looks on the inside and looky there. Oh, get you, get you good. You cute little thing, how are you? Right? It gets her heart. And she says, I'm going to take care of this baby. I'm, and and she, said, she knew where it came from, but she didn't know who it was. And she says, I'm going to take care of this baby and go get me a midwife. Go get me one of, of, of these chosen people and, and bring them there. And, and the Bible says that Moses' aunt is over there behind the tree. And she's watching to make sure what has happened to him so that she can relay it back to his mother. And so now we know the story unfolds and the midwife uh, goes and or the uh, servant goes and finds a midwife and lo and behold, she picks out Moses' mama. Right? Picks out Moses' mama and, and she brings her to Pharaoh's daughter and, and Pharaoh's daughter says, well, if you'll take care of this baby and if you will nurse this baby for me, then I'll pay you for it. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for the good. All things work together for the, I just, I don't know, I'm just coming up with this stuff. All things work together for the good to them that are, love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Amen. And so here Moses is mother is and instead of her striving and, and worrying and wondering how she's going to take care of this baby boy now she gets paid to take care of her own son Moses' mother is available to take care of him and Pharaoh pays for everything Moses probably would have struggled if he would have only been raised up in his the home of his parents. But now, now Moses has the best of everything. He gets the best clothes. He gets the best diet, the best food. He gets the best education. He is exposed to leadership, right? And God put Moses in the very man's house that was trying to kill him and then he pays for his mother to raise him. He pays for his food. He pays for his clothing. He pays for his education. And then Moses is standing around leadership long enough till he gets leadership training so that he is able to do what God had called him to do. He doesn't understand everything that God has put on the inside of him, right? You talk about how many believe your, your kids grow up way too fast. You talk about somebody that grew up fast. It was Moses. In one chapter, he goes from a baby to a warrior. 
But here, here he is and he, he doesn't understand everything God puts in him. Does, do you understand everything in your life that happens? He didn't understand everything that was put inside of him. And so he uses the gift for the wrong way, for the wrong purpose. And we see that he's out there one day and he sees some Egyptians and they're fighting and, and warring against the people of God. And so he goes out there and, 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 and takes that militant spirit that God placed on the inside of him. And so he takes that and he kills the Egyptian. The Bible said he looked both ways. He didn't see anybody. And so he went and he killed this Egyptian man. And, and, and he thought he was doing good. He thought he was doing the right thing. But you see, whenever we realize that that is not what God gave him this militant spirit for, he gave it to him so that he would not cave when he faced Pharaoh. He gave him that kind of spirit because you need that kind of spirit if you're going to have to live 40 years in a wilderness. Amen. He must have been militant to be able to fight the giants and to come up against those giants and war against them. He had to have a militant spirit. You might, you, your fight might not be my fight and my fight may not be your fight. But here's what we have to understand. God has equipped every one of us for your fight. He has put on the inside of you everything that you will need for the battle that you will go through in your life. Moses was God's people. He was God's people to, to bring the deliverer. He was the one that was to deliver them out. What Moses was in the Old Testament, Jesus is in the New Testament in shadow and in type. He's about to bring God's people out with a mighty hand of deliverance. And what I want to say to you today is that God always delivers. I thought I had a church here today that believed the word. I said God always delivers. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He turns the dark into day. He always has a man. He always had a people. He always had his voice in the earth. Amen. And I'm telling you today, just like it was in Moses' day, God is going to take and work in our lives in this hour, just as he has in the past. How do you know how what someone is going to do in the future? Just look at their past. If there isn't a major change or shift in their life, we will continue to do what we've always done. Amen. I'm not a counselor. I'm a preacher. I'll help you with the word every way that I can and counsel you in that form, in that fashion. But there are some people in life that I look at them and I just want to say, you like it how it is. Because you don't listen to nothing. Right? Because if you wanted it to change, then you've got to listen to the word. And you've got to shift some things in your life because you're going to continue to have what you've got until you change what you're doing. And so today we understand that Moses came as a deliverer and brought God's people out by a mighty hand of deliverance, right? 
we move on to the New Testament. It, it is Jesus. It was told and prophesied that he was coming. The Messiah was coming. That he would come and he would save mankind from their sins. He was mankind's deliverer. Moses was a deliverer for a nation. But God would send Jesus to be the deliverer of the world. Amen. The Old Testament prophets told of the day when the Savior would come. Christ the Lord would come and he would deliver his people. And it was a priest by the name of Simeon that stood on the doorsteps of the church with Christ in his hands and said, Behold, I have now seen the Messiah. In other words, he said, I, I'm ready to die because I've seen the fulfillment of the, what our generation has talked about. Jesus has come into the world. And just like Moses, the leader of the day, were trying to kill the male children right Herod was out there trying to kill the male children because he didn't understand he didn't know where it was coming from he just knew how come because the devil's not omnipresent the devil is not all-knowing and so he understands that something is happening he just doesn't know what is happening and the under enemy underestimated Jesus. He thought that another Adam was coming. He thought that one that he would be able to bring his bag of trickery out. And he would be able to deceive him and trick him. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman born into the law and he would be conceived by the holy spirit and he would be born of a virgin and they would lay him in a manger and he would be emmanuel god with us the one that would save the world from their sins Herod heard about it. He believed it. He thought it was true. Herod was the king of Judah and he put out a decree and said everyone that has a male child under the age of two, they're going to be killed. They're going to be murdered. Surely I'll get them that way. I'll take care of them. But an angel comes to his parents, Joseph and Mary, and says, I want you to go to Egypt. Amen. I want you to go over there and I want you to stay there till I tell you to come back, right? And we know that the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and will deliver them. He will make a way somehow for them. And so we see that the king represents total government. It represents leadership of the day. It was trying to find him to kill him. Right? The culture of the day was to get rid of this Christ. The leadership of the day was to, to find him and get rid of him. But the only problem was is he was covered. He was covered and the wicked one could touch him not. I want to tell you today that you and I are covered. Once again, the enemy today, he is coming to try to, to bring us down. He is trying to destroy us. But the reality of it is, is just like Jesus was covered, they couldn't touch him until the time was right. Huh? The enemy couldn't touch him because he had a mandate on his life. The enemy couldn't touch him when he was working miracles. 
And they tried to catch him, but he would cause blindness to come on him and walk right out beside of him. He couldn't touch him while he was going into the temple and while he was doing mighty works and while everything was coming together and, and they, they tried to get him. They tried to do everything they could, but it wasn't until his mandate on his life had been fulfilled that they could do what they wanted to do. But when it was the fullness of time for his life, after 33 and a half years, after 33 years, he was legally a priest in the earth. He was old enough now to take over his father's business. Amen. And, be, and legally, he was able to fulfill what his father had started. And it, and it was representation I'm talking about now. That was the law of the Jews. That's the law of the day. You had to be 30 years old before you was considered a man. 30 years old, you could take over your daddy's carpenter business. 30 years old, you could take over the family business. And at 33 years old, Jesus had already taken over the father's business and he was bringing the kingdom of heaven into the earth and so now the kingdom of God was being established just like God the father always intended for it to be but the enemy didn't like it the enemy was raging the enemy was going into turmoil and convulsions because he could not stop him but he could not find him and so the reality of it is this is God's hand was upon him as he was a hundred percent man did you hear me he was a hundred percent man he did nothing in the earth because he was the son of God he did everything in the earth because he was man hearing the heart of the father and fulfilling the will of the father if he was doing it as God then you and I could never follow him but the reality of it is he told us that we are to be like Christ so therefore he did everything that he did as a man but he also was a hundred percent God at the same time he lowered himself by his lowest common denominator he walked into the room of Mary's dressing room and he began came out of that dressing room Emmanuel God with us and he walked among us and he did the will of the father faithfully in the earth and began to establish the kingdom of God in the earth just like his father sent him to do and I want to tell you today that the same anointing that was upon Jesus is the same anointing that is available to you and I as the sons and the daughters of God that we are called out of darkness into his marvelous light he has anointed us with the gospel of peace he has anointed us with the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness he has given us a hope and a future and we don't have to fear the devil or nothing else because greater is he that is in us than the world that is against us. The enemy couldn't touch Jesus. Nudge your neighbor and tell him he couldn't touch him. And I got good news for you today. He can't touch you either. The will of God will be fulfilled. I submit to you today that once again, the enemy is on the prowl. He doesn't know what's up, but he knows something's up. I'm not that old, just been around a long time. 
Amen. But there's something up. I said there's something up. I'm old enough to know that I came in on this thing and started preaching the gospel at the end of a great move of God. I remember preaching the word and I, I don't reminisce just to talk about how things have been. I just want to say that I remember getting up and preaching and preaching two and three week revivals and seeing hundreds of people saved. Baptized in the spirit. Delivered and set free by the power of God. I ain't talking about in Africa. I've seen that in Africa. Thousands of people. I'm talking about here in America. And for most generations that are sitting in this church today know nothing about that. Some of you do. But I'm talking about seeing the real move of God, seeing the power of God. I've, I've, I've seen the move of God, the stirring of the spirit, and, and be in churches and people didn't even know what it was. They get scared to death. This, gener this generation coming up, and I'm not downing them. They don't know. They just don't know. They've never seen the power of God. They don't know the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Some, in, in, and I know some people say, well, I'm scared of all that. Well, you don't need to be. But uh, I grew up. It's all right if I talk a minute. If it's not, we can go to eat. But I grew up in the church, and I ain't saying we shouldn't have catchers, but you didn't need catchers. People fall out. And they didn't even get hurt. I was praying for people one night. I know this, y'all don't, don't care nothing about this, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I was praying for people one night in a revival service and, and uh, come to one lady and she was squalling. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I'm afraid I won't fall out. I said, well, go ahead and lay down. <clears throat> it, it, people get the weirdest conceptions in their head. It ain't about whether you fall out or not. It's about you encountering God. Amen. But there ought to be something about the house that, that changes you. There should be an atmosphere in the house that when you come in heavy burdened, you leave light as a feather. There should be something in, in the atmosphere that when you come in burdened with all of the troubles and the mess that you're going through and your mind is so overwhelmed that you leave with a peace that surpasses all understanding. There should be something in your life that when you come in and have things that are wrong in your life, you leave with it right. Amen? But once again, this enemy is on the prowl and he, he, he knows that something is up. He knows something is up. And so he's killing babies again. According to who, every year there is an estimated 40 to 50 million abortions a year. 
approximately 125,000 babies aborted every day. Something's up. The enemy is trying to get to the leader. He's trying to find the deliverer. He's trying to find those people that are going to make a difference and make a change in the earth and are going to stand up against the status quo and the culture. He's, he's looking for those people and he says, I've got to get to them. I've got to get to them. Because if I don't, just like Moses, just like Jesus, Something's going to shift in the atmosphere in the earth. And so again, he's trying to murder. He's trying to kill off. He's trying to get to those ones that are going to be leaders, that are going to be deliverers, that are going to be world changers, those people that's going to dare to believe the word of the Lord over their lives. So there's wars and rumors of wars. Sickness is never known to man. Truth is falling in the street. Right is being called wrong and wrong is being called right. Men have become lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, having forms of godliness but don't have no power. The old church couldn't explain it, but they had it. The new church can explain it, but don't got it. There's a strategy. There's a plan. The enemy's trying to divide so he can conquer. Divide us so he can conquer us. Well, let's just look over the last few years of our American history. Let's forget about the world. Let's look at America. And, and, and we see that, that our, our leadership has tried to divide us over race. <clears throat> yeah. Over race. Want to try to make something of you being white, black, Hispanic, or some other color. And, and make us believe that if you are of a different color, then, then you can't get along. And wants us to believe that if you're not the same color I am, then you're bad. And I'm bad. That's what our culture is teaching. That's what our culture is trying to put in the minds of American people. Is wanting to divide us over age. If you're young, you ain't no count. And if you're old, you're no good for nothing. Right? We need to get rid of all the old people because they're extra baggage. And they're costing us a lot of money. Huh? And then they want to put in the mind of the old people that these, these young people, they don't know nothing. They're crazy. And, and, and so it's a war of the ages. Because they under, the enemy understands, if the culture doesn't understand, if the enemy understands it, that we need each other. We need the wisdom of another generation. But we need the strength of a younger generation. 
And when you put the wisdom and the strength together, we can combine and collectively we can have victory in every area of our lives. The enemy's trying to divide us over gender. Right? The man, the woman. Woman's rights. Right? It's quiet in here. And the man, he's a man. You better listen to me. Right? And gender division. And the only problem is, is this culture that we have that they said they wanted women's rights, but now you can't call them a woman. Because they're gender benders. They want to make women out of our men and men out of our women. And it's quiet in here. I know I'm right. On this, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Want to make gender benders so that, that there is, you just don't know what you're going to be. One day you wake up, you're a woman. The next day you wake up, you're a man. Then we've got the political division. You a Democrat? I can't eat with you. Y'all, you're a Republican? My God, what's wrong with you? And we're divided. The enemy tries to divide us over all these things. He uses anything he can use to divide us. Right? And now in our, we've been dealing with all this mess in the last two years of all of this corona and all of this division. You wear a mask, you don't wear a mask. You got a shot, you don't got a shot. Right? It's about division. It ain't about your health, it's about division. Some people say, well, you just, don't, you just don't care. No, I care. Whenever you are responsible for gathering such as this, I promise you I'm up on it. I understand to the best of my ability. I understand what's going on. But I also understand there is a, a, a what I tell you three weeks into this thing. This ain't about a virus. This is about a spirit. There's a spirit. I have not changed my mind. If anything, I have anchored in on that. And this is about a spirit that has come to bring division and separation. Anything that tries to divide and separate you is not from God. And there is a division. We bring division. People say, well, you just got to be careful about all of this and all of that. Well, let me tell you something today. I try to keep my personal opinions out of it from the pulpit. I try. I really do. I know you don't think so, but I, you ought to hear me. There's division. Everywhere you look, there's division. And, and my, my question is, what was your confession before? What was your confession before? You ever heard of Corona? 
What was your previous confession before you heard of sickness, infirmity, and disease? What, what was your confession before? Because sickness and corona, whatever you want to call it, cancer, you whatever. But sickness does not change people of faith. It exposes them. And I'm not against shots. I'm not against masks. I'm not for, I'm not against. I, it really don't matter. Do whatever you need to do, baby. But what I am telling you is don't be a fear monger. Don't give in to the spirit of the age because all it is is a spirit of fear and we can't operate in faith and fear at the same time. We've got to be people united together and say, you want to wear a mask? I'll not, not wear a mask, but we're going to come together. You say, well, pastor, that you, you expose somebody. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not trying. Brother Gary, if you go anywhere the last two years, you're already exposed. Do you go to Walmart? Do you go to work? Do you go to school? You've been exposed. I promise you, you have been exposed. But it's amazing. We can't come to church because we might get exposed. I got to get off of this. You've been exposed. I've been exposed. Everybody's been exposed by now. But let me tell you, in the midst of it all, some people have a major issues. Some people die. I understand the reality of all of this. I'm not denying none of it. But what I want to tell you is it's, a, uh, it's an onslaught of hell to try to bring a spirit of division. There has never been in history a lower amount of people coming to church in America than there is right now. How'd that happen? A spirit of division. A spirit of whoremonging of fear has hit the nation. And we've got to have a deliverer. We've got to have a spirit-filled, made-up mind that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will glorify God. We will celebrate His goodness and His mercy. If you decide to get a shot, I'm not going to let that separate me. If you don't wear a mask, it's all right with me. We're brothers. We're sisters in the kingdom of God. I know what this is all about. I know it's deeper than a physical thing. I know it's deeper than some kind of virus or sickness. It is a spirit just like came against Moses day just like came against Jesus' day to divide us and separate us and conquer the deliverer but I've got good gospel news for you today the God that is in you is greater than all of the hell that is coming against you and no matter what the enemy does in this time of this crazy age that we're living in the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy and you will be the head and not the tail you will conquer you will be blessed on every side a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come nigh unto you you will be a conqueror you will be a deliverer I've come today to tell you that your future is worth fighting for
With all of the craziness of our days, it's easy to forget how good God has been to us. But let me remind you that God has been both good and faithful to all of us. <laughs> if it had not been for the Lord on your side, your enemy would have already taken you out. But he's been our healer. He's been our hope. He's been our daybreak and our deliverer. He's been the answer to every question. He's been my savior. He is my Lord. But as good as he has been to us in the past, I promise you the fight that you're in right now is not over your past. The fight is over your future. The fight is over the prayer. It's not over the prayer that has been answered. The fight is over the prayer that is yet to be answered. The fight is not over the son and the daughter that's sitting in the household of faith this morning. The fight is over the one that is yet to come. The sons from afar and the daughters from the ends of the earth. The fight can get tiring. Can anybody be real? You ever got tired of the fight? I noticed the other day, I know I've told you all about my grandpa and I used to watch prize fights on Friday night. Anybody remember those? All right, two of you. We'd watch prize fights and we'd eat cheese and crackers and we'd watch them and I'd love to watch old Muhammad Ali because he'd tell them what he was going to do to them. He said, I'm fast as a butterfly, sting like a bee. Right? You ain't never going to beat me. He'd get up there and get right in the face and say, I'm going to get on you like ugly on an ape and your mama ain't going to know you when I'm done with you. And he'd do it. <laughs> he'd do it. I watched the fight this past week. I noticed that they've cut the rounds down. You don't go 13 rounds, 18 rounds anymore. You, they had, had a championship fight and it went 10 rounds. I thought to myself, the reason why that it, they've cut the rounds down is because people get tired of the fight. You get weary when you're swinging and you're beating. And whenever you get tired of getting knocked down and you get tired of, of getting hit again and you get tired of getting on your feet and, and another blow comes, right? And a good fighter, Johnny, knows that you don't just go for the head, but you start on the body. You work them over. So that in the later rounds, at the right time, they get tired, they get weary, and their hands start falling down. And when their hands start falling down, you can go for the head and take them out. Right? When you can't see the end of the fight... The same thing that you went through for the past six months looks like what it's going to be the rest of your life. Or maybe you've gone through for the last year. It's easy to give up in the fight. 
It's easy to give up everything you fought for up till now. You're willing to give it up just to get out of the fight. Because you're tired. You're mentally fatigued. You're emotionally exhausted. You're physically wore out. And you have nothing else to give. Am I talking to anybody today? We're in a war with evil forces. And the enemy does not get to write the last chapter of your life. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves your family. And it is up to him to write the last chapter. But you got to stay in the fight. I said you got to stay in the fight. I've come today to encourage somebody stay in the fight. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your healing. Fight for your breakthrough. Fight for total deliverance. Fight for your dreams. Fight for your promise over your life. Amen. When you've done all you can do to stand. <laughs> I said when you've done all that you can do to stand. Stand therefore. Amen. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation. Girt yourself with the gospel of peace. Put on the shot of shot of preparation with the gospel of peace. He said, and whenever you come in to take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and stand. Amen. Sometimes you can't fight. Sometimes you can't run. Sometimes all you can do is stand. But if you'll stand in faith, stand upon the word of God, stand on the promises of God, all of hell may be coming against you you but the weapons of warfare they're not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and greater is he that is in you so don't you dare give up you fought too hard you fought too long you've given too much to give up now just stand right there amen and you will see the salvation of the Lord for these Egyptians you have seen before you shall see them again no more God is going to fight the battle for you he's going to give you the victory he's going to give you what you need today if you believe it give him some kind of praise today How do you know, Pastor Brian? Because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the thing that God has in store for those who love him. In other words, whenever you dream your biggest dream, when God does his thing, he's still going to blow your mind. Amen. When you believe that you've just taken the most grandiose idea and thought and, and when it stretched it as far as you can and God says, I can do better than that. I just come today to tell you greater things are ahead. Something's about to be released into the earth. The kingdom of God is not in heaven. The kingdom of God is with us and in us. And the fulfillment of it has not been seen. 
And I want you to know today that your future is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Am I helping anybody today? I know I haven't come to talk to everybody. But I feel like I've come to talk to somebody that's been in the fight of your life. And you're growing weary and well-doing. But the Spirit of the Lord has sent me today to strengthen you. And tell you, keep fighting. Keep standing. Keep believing. Keep holding on. I know you're tired. I know you're battle-worn. I know you're weary. But this fight isn't about what you've seen. This fight's about what you haven't seen. It's about the promise over your life. It's about your children. It's about your family. It's about the things of God in your life that you've yet to see. But that's got to be a release in the earth in this season. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. All the killing wouldn't be going on. All the bloodshed wouldn't be taking place. If Pharaoh and Herod weren't raising their head again, trying to destroy the church of the living God. Stand with me, please. I've done my best to deliver my heart today. I pray that it's touched yours. Father, I thank you today for your Holy Spirit. I thank you today for the word of heaven that's over our lives. I pray, God, in these moments that whoever you've sent me to today God their hearts will be receptive they'll say yes to the word and God that in this atmosphere in this moment that they will find faith to stand stand until sorrow turns to joy stand until their mourning turns to dancing Stand until your presence invades the absence and vacancy of their life. I pray this today in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. As they sing today, if you say, Pastor Brian, this word is for me. I'm going to take that word today. I want you to act on it. I want you to say yes to it. How do I say yes? You got to do something. Jesus always demanded that they do something to activate their faith. Stretch forth your hand. Take up your bed and walk. Right? Go look. Go show yourself to the priest. He always made them participate in their deliverance or their victory. And so today, just an act of faith. is It's our, the, our altar. We say yes to the Lord. We, we give it to him today. Amen. And that, that activates the faith of God in our hearts and in our lives. It's the woman touch, reaching out and touching the hem of his garment. Right? And so today, whatever it is in your life, if this word is over for you today, you say yes to the word. And I invite you as Amy and the team sing, just come and say yes over the word this morning.